Hello, and welcome to episode four of Meet My Mom with Jenna Carley. In this episode, I talk to Philip Labus, who is a multi-talented artist. He's been an actor on shows like Glow, The OA, and Casey Undercover. He's a singer-songwriter, an improviser, a TV writer. He wrote a musical. The list goes on. This was a great conversation, and Philip's mom, Julie, shared such funny and adorable specifics about his childhood and adolescence. I really got a kick out of it. I love this episode, and I hope you will, too. Here's Philip Labus and his mom, Julie. Hello. Meet my mom. She thinks I'm pretty funny. She might not get all of my jokes, but that's fine, because I still think I'm pretty funny, even if my mom doesn't get all of my jokes. Hi, we are here with Philip Labus, who I'm really interested to get to know better because we only met this weekend when I saw you in a show, and I was blown away by your performance. I thought you were so, so funny and so talented. I saw More Guns, the musical at Second City. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for coming, firstly. That's very nice. Oh, I absolutely loved it. I had been wanting to see it for a long time, and it really lived up to all my expectations and more. Oh, I'm so glad. That's very nice. And it also, I have to say real quick, it also was so much more like of a well-rounded show than I expected. I thought it might be really one-sided. Yes, that's a common reaction people have. A lot of people think it's going to be sort of... um, uh, an hour and 10 minutes of uh, just sort of hating on the conservative agenda. Yeah. Uh, which it's not. It's more like a, it's just a story about two people who have different political views. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, it's about the NRA, I should have said. But. Yes, yes. It's a musical comedy about the NRA yeah. uh, set in the climate of the gun lobby in Washington, D.C. Yeah. So anyway, it was incredible. But oh, thank you. let's That's backtrack nice. a little bit yes. about you. So you do a lot of things. You are an actor. You do comedy. You write music. You sing. Is, is there I, more? These are, all, these are all technically true. Yes. How uh, do you describe your career? What you're doing uh, I, I, I try not to whenever I, Ooh. whenever I can. All, all I mean is that, um, it's, it, uh, I don't aim to be a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, but that does sort of seem to be where I land, where I, I dabble in a lot of fields. I think one creative, uh, endeavor informs the next. I don't think. Sure. Maybe at some point, uh, you know, in the next 10 years, I'll have to, uh, really zone in mm-hmm. and really be like, well, this was the thing that like, like people know me for perhaps, mm-hmm. or this is the thing people expect from me. Mm-hmm. So, but right now I'm in a relatively freeing position of just being able to do things that I think seem interesting and that I'm passionate about. You know, obviously commerce has to mm-hmm. meld in there somewhere, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big old question mark. I like it. I really like trying to do a lot of different things. It makes me feel good and alive and and like I'm doing what matters. I love that. I think that that's so inspiring as like to other creative people and to anyone like just following your actual creative impulses and not trying to box yourself in any one direction, I think is the reason why it seems like you're, you're really flourishing in a lot of different areas right now too. Oh, well that's, that's very nice. From the Um, research that I, that I did. (laughs) The research. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's very sweet of you to say. I I hope so. Um, I hope I put off an air of success despite any uh, feelings of non-success that I have. Do you have feelings of non-success? Oh, of course. Like everybody. Um, This is such a larger like spiritual conversation about, you know, success or things like that. But, you you know, the moment you have some form of success that you thought you wanted is the moment that that feels normal and that you want the next thing. Absolutely. You know, so really I would love to be like, you know. Uh, a strong spiritual, you know, semi-Buddhist person, semi-Buddhist person who could just instantly relax and be comfortable in whatever situation. Sure. And just do the, everything for the love of it. And- yeah. And universal basic income and, <laughs> you know, you didn't have to work. And, you know, these are all pipe dreams that yeah. don't, don't really exist. But career anxiety and things like that are things you can deal with day to day. I think everybody, because I've now met, you know, in my <laughs> many tentacled career people who have had like large success in music or in 
musical theater or in um, film acting or in screenwriting. And everybody, regardless of their level of success, is always saying like, man, I wish I could blank. Totally true. It's like, I know I'm doing this that everyone thinks is really cool, but I really want to be blank. Yeah. So it it's, it, everyone kind of feels the same, I think. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think Angelina Jolie somewhere is like, man, if only my kids could go to this school or like, yeah. you know, wanting is so normal. Yeah. It's so like ingrained. That's so important to practice gratitude at every stage you're at then. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And it's um, looping it back to the type of podcast this is my my mom and my dad are very different in that way and that my uh, I read a book called The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt okay and uh he talks about two types of people satisfactors and um optimizers and um my mom and dad are such perfect examples of those two types of behavior my dad is like a perfect satisfactor and my mom is a perfect optimizer can you like share a little bit about what those two things mean can you break it down a little bit? yeah so Oh man, I also really hope this is from the happiness hypothesis. <laughs> I'm fairly confident and I sure sounded like it when I said it, but, um, regardless of the, where it's from, the concept is very interesting. And it's basically that, um, most people are either, are a combination of, um, being a satisfactor, which means you, in your search for happiness, you find satisfaction in your current circumstances, mm. um, or in your search for happiness, you're an optimizer who is constantly trying to optimize their circumstances. It's the difference between somebody oh. that is like, I'll just, just get it. Let's go. Like just buy the thing. Let's go. Or like, I need to read product reviews. I need to, oh. that that's like a classic example, but it can apply to relationships, to housing, to so many things. And it really comes back to the idea of like, are you, are you satisfied you feel you optimizers only feel satisfied when they feel like they've gotten everything they can out of something. Yeah. And satisfactors are more um, interested in making the best of their situation. Right. And yeah, so it's like a, it's also like a perfect metaphor for like ambition versus gratitude. That is so interesting. And that really makes me want to read that book. I hope that is the oh, right one. it's a great one. book. I recommend <laughs> it to anybody, The Happiness Hypothesis. Okay. I read it in college for some intro psychology course. So it's like a pop psychology book, but it's really good. I love pop psychology. Um, pop. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's back up a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida is where I grew up. I was born in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, but we quickly moved to West Palm when I was young. Okay. And why did you move like parents' jobs or what? Yeah, exactly. Um, my, my mom and dad met in, in Athens, Greece. Oh, wow. Um, she was a, um, on vacation or they're from there or what? No, uh, neither. She was in, she's a English and she was a nanny, like an au pair type working for a family in Greece. Uh Um, and then she had planned to be there for like a few months and then she ended up staying. I think she told me six or eight years. Um, she just like the family left, but she, or she lived there with the family that she she was, she was doing au pair work to kind of get around Europe with her sister. Okay. And she landed in Athens and she just kind of didn't leave. You know, my, I don't think she had a ton of stuff tying her Mm -hmm. in a lot of, in a lot of different ways. And so she just stayed. Um, and so, yeah, my, and my dad was living there, um, at the same time and they, uh, met doing, um, English speakers theater, actually musical theater, which is so funny. Oh, wow. Um, and they both don't do any of that stuff anymore. Anymore. I mean, my mom just recently started to get back into it a little for fun. I can't wait to talk to her about that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's very fun, but, um, yeah, that's how they, they, they met. So then they came to. Philadelphia. And then my dad got a job teaching in the Palm Beach County School District. So we moved there. Oh, what does he teach? He teaches mathematics. For what age? Uh, ninth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right around there. Very cool. He's kind of flipped around middle and schools, high schools. Did your mom work when you were growing up or was she home? Or she what? was home for a bit, but eventually she's worked in childcare her whole life. Okay, cool. So now she's a um, home daycare provider. Oh, nice. And before that she managed a a like daycare establishment. Okay. Cool. Um, in Palm Beach. So yeah, but now she just has five little brats in her house um, <laughs> all day long. And anytime I call her on the phone, just like behind her is like wailing. Oh my gosh. So I don't, I don't miss that growing up. I was like surrounded by babies. Oh yeah. Well, did you have siblings? I do. I have a younger sister. Okay, cool. She's uh, 21 now. Oh nice. Does she live in LA or Florida or where? She lives, well, she's, she goes to school in, at Wellesley College. 
Where so is women's that? college in Boston. Oh, okay. But um, she uh, is visiting me in LA actually for the summer. So oh, she's nice. staying with me. The whole with, summer? Uh, it remains unclear if she's staying with me for the whole summer. Aww. We're dealing with the, the crisis that is trying to find an apartment in Los Angeles for a reasonable price. Oh, that's good to know. I have a lot of friends always looking for roommates and stuff. Oh, great. Well, once, <laughs> once we get off mic, we're going to get into it. Cool. Um, so that's cool. You guys sound like you're pretty close then if she wants to come stay with you. Yeah, we can get along. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't drive each other crazy. We, mm-hmm. we get along much better now that we don't live together. I think a lot of siblings can be that way. Sure. Yeah. Just having some space. You can be more friend. You can be friends. How many years apart are you? We are five years apart. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was definitely the case for my brother and I are five years apart and we got, we were much closer after we stopped living together too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so tell me how you started getting into performing. I'm having an impulse to ask you a bunch of questions, but oh. I recognize <laughs> that unlike a conversation. Yes, it's about you. If there's something, if you have a burning question, you can ask me. Well, I just want to know if uh, you, you, how many siblings do you have? I have two older brothers. They're seven and five years older than me. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Back to me. <laughs> back to back you. Back to me, please. How did you get into performing? Oh, Lord. Uh, hmm. What a sweet, what a sweet question. Really? Yeah. Why? It's just a very giving question. I don't know. The whole interview format is so so kind to me and bizarre. <laughs> um, I'm glad you see it that way and not as like intimidating. No, that too. But <laughs> I, who doesn't love to talk about themselves? So please allow me. Okay, great. Um, how did I get into performing? I in I was a class clown in elementary school, and I had a really really kind teacher who saw that impulse, and rather than punishing me, um, saw that I had a performative streak and encouraged me to audition for a middle school of the arts in, in Palm beach. There's uh, a middle school called Bach middle school of the arts and a high school called Dreyfus high school of the arts. Uh-huh. And both are like fame schools essentially. Oh wow. They have, um, interdisciplinary art and, uh, academic classes. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, yeah, I, I, she gave me this monologue from a monologue book and she was like, you should, you should learn this. So you and were what, fifth grade at this I was time? in fifth grade. Uh-huh. Yeah. So whatever age you are in fifth grade, I was that age. Uh-huh. And, um, like 10, yes, 11. 10, 11 sounds yeah. right. And yeah, so I performed it for the class and I got this like rush of like, oh, they think it's funny even though I didn't write this. Uh-huh. They're laughing as if I wrote it. That feels good. Huh. Uh, so then I, yeah, I auditioned for the middle school of the arts um, and I got, I got super involved there once I got accepted and started doing theater there, did school shows and started doing improv there. Were your parents like interested in you going to a fame school as opposed, I mean, your dad's a math teacher. Was that, was it a point of contention? Well, not a contention, but were, were there reservations about it or was there contention? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, well, for starters, it was the, it was one of the strongest academic schools oh, in the okay. county. Great. Uh, so that I think helps. that that helped convince my dad, but in, in general, my dad took the most convincing of mm-hmm. the artist's lifestyle mm-hmm. um, and still sometimes is confused or, or doesn't really understand what it's about. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's he's become he's a very supportive person. You know, he's not he doesn't try to impose his views beyond advice, which is great. That's great. Um, but yeah. Right. Uh, high school uh, around the collegiate admission time process is when. The sure. rubber hits the road in terms of your parents being like, okay, are you really going to do this? Because mm-hmm. then there's like a significant financial investment mm-hmm. on your side that you don't really understand. I don't know. College lending is super predatory. Absolutely. Yeah. You cannot understand when you're just a kid with dreams. Yeah. You're 18. Year- I mean, I have so many friends that went to NYU and mm-hmm. racked up. That's where I went. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I, I think it's a shame that so many people are encouraged by by like culture mm-hmm. to rack up student debt in a in a career field that does not have any yeah. avenues for us and yeah. th- and that doesn't have to just apply to the arts i mean there's mm-hmm. a lot of jobs where like the bachelor's degree doesn't mean what it meant totally yeah but where we're did- not saying anything like talk radio hasn't <laughs> said at that point <laughs> but you but you went to college i did go to college Where'd i went go? i went to the university of southern california which oh, i great. never planned to do I always thought I would go to NYU or Juilliard. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm going to Juilliard, of course. I'm the talented kid in my high school. So, and I'm... Were you like, were you kind of a star even at your fame high school? Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh-huh. That's weird to say, but yeah, yeah. if I'm being honest, yes. Yeah. I was, I did well in high school and, and like 
thought I was hot, mm-hmm. thought I was really cool, yeah. and thought I was like very talented. Worthy of going to Juilliard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in my head, I was like, I could go to Juilliard. Yeah. Um, I did not get in, uh, but I did get in, I got into NYU and USC, and then because of this um, scholarship program, because of PSAT scores, USC gave me a very generous financial aid offer, and then my decision was kind of made for me. Great. Um, so yeah, and then I ended up in LA, which ended up being such a blessing, like- I'm so happy to be here. Instead of New York, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I I like visiting New York now as a as a tourist, but I I feel that it's very um it's very hard to live there yep. as an artist. That's why I moved here. Oh. Yeah. When did you move here? Uh, about five years ago. So I went to college at, at NYU and then I was there for two more years about after college and then made the move here and I love it here. Yeah. It's I easy. loved it there too. Yeah. It's easier to live to here point. though, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like more work, mm-hmm. more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, to anyone listening from New York, um, I loved, I love it there, but consider LA, although Almost. don't because God, the rent is too damn high. Well, it's high there. I mean, it's high everywhere, but at yes, least but your I mean, quality of life is a little better here, I think. I'm just thinking of like the millions of people listening to the pod and then... Yes, all the millions the, the of people mil- listening. The, the millions pod. of people listening to the pod hear this and then they all pack their bags and move to LA <laughs> and suddenly we have another housing crisis. You're right. Oh, you're uh, it's so irresponsible right. of me to totally. encourage them to move here. All my friends from New York, almost all of them, with the exception of like three, moved to LA this year. Yeah. So it, and everyone I know that moved to New York, moved to LA within five years of graduation. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of funny. But, but so you're glad that this is where you naturally kind of landed. Yes. I feel good here. And also like I've just built friendships here and relationships here. And obviously yeah. um, I have a relationship with the UCB theater here in LA that I really love and cherish. And yeah, so there's a lot of positives here. That's I have great. management here. It's good. It's great. I love it. He's good. Okay, well, I want to get your mom's take on some stuff. But yes. first, why don't you tell me, you said a little bit already, but tell me what she's like. My mom? Yeah. Um, oh, what a great question. I've never <laughs> described my mom to another person before. Really? No one I, ever asks you what your parents were like? No, I guess not. Huh. Okay, I'm going to attempt this. Okay. Uh, my mom is, uh, she's very, uh, she's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so get ready to laugh. <laughs> She's got, she's got 30 minutes. Wow. I'm really pimping my mom out. So she's going to have to be so funny now. Um, no, I, I think she's very funny. Um, she, she's a great counterpoint to my dad. They, they work together well Mm -hmm. as a unit. Um, they're, they annoy each other, but I think in kind of a charming way. Um, and she's, she's very practical. She's very, um, like, uh, results not results oriented like um she's very like get it done kind of person Hmm. um she she's uh idealistic okay uh also i wouldn't have put those two things together yeah i know i i just mean like she can she kind of like will do she'll get things done she i mean from a sheer like house roles perspective she's definitely been like a house mom mm-hmm. you know she she takes care of kids in the home mm-hmm. my dad works they mm-hmm. they do kind of traditional gender yeah roles in that way even though you know my dad is was present in our upbringing yeah um but um uh by that's what i meant by like she gets stuff done like she's a powerhouse in that way that's great. um but she's also idealistic like uh she she believes in like self-improvement mm-hmm. and um like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps stuff like that oh i love that um, she, I think she's a, uh, she's a lot like me in that she's, she balances gratefulness and anxiousness. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like, um, I think she's very like grateful for her life because like she comes from circumstances that are, uh, uh, like extremely, uh, poor, uh, oh. growing up. She grew up in rural England in, in a small village and like, she won't talk about this, but like her prospects were like, you're going to work in a factory for the rest of your life. Like that will be your job. And that's what everybody she knew did Yeah, is they, they worked until they were 14 and then they dropped out of school and worked in a factory until they, you know, quote unquote retired. Yeah. Um, She got out. So she got out and you know, she lives in America. Sounds like she has a great marriage too. Yeah. Your parents get along really well. They get along well. She, I think she's proud of me and my sister. (laughs) I think she sees a lot of blessings in that way. Yeah. Um, but she's also a worrier. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she's a lot of things. She, she contains multitudes, you know? What is it usually like when you introduce her to friends? Um, like in high school and stuff, what were your parents like compared to other people's? Compared to other people's, the, the thing that comes to mind is hands off. Oh. Um, you know, I was at a fame high school, so there were a lot of hovering parents. Sure. Um, that parents. is n- not particularly my mom or dad's way. Uh-huh. Uh, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty hands off. Um, <laughs> I have to call them. Okay. Uh, so they're not like, they're not really worried. They worry about me, but they're not like checking, checking in. in. They're yeah. not checking in all the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's a, it's, it's nice to be checked in on, but it's also nice just to feel like, oh, like they know I've got this. Yeah. They trust you and you have some freedom. Yeah. And they've got their own problems too. Like they they feel like their own people, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't really any longer, like obviously in middle and high school, it's so, I think it's very natural to feel this way, but I don't see my mom as like only in relation to me anymore. That's so great. I, I love that you said that. I hope so. Yeah, but that's like, I don't think a lot of kids can see their parents that way. Well, um, not when, I don't think you can, I don't, I mean, I think that's a larger part of growing up. growth. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, when I was like, I remember the feeling at like 17 to 19, and I'm sure other people go through this way younger, and I was, uh, you know, a baby, but that feeling of like your understanding of yourself shifting beyond like I exist and everything is like Uh about me Uh to like, Oh, I exist like in the world and like my parents are separate people. I think 17 to 19 is actually probably pretty standard. If not later, later for a lot of people, I think that even happens. Yeah. I know some people that still haven't had that realization. (laughs) Yes, of course. Especially in this business. Okay. Well, I'm really excited to meet her. Can you say meet my mom? Okay. Meet my mom, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Julie Labus. Meet my mom. Incredible! Thank you for that. Come on down. Going. All right. Amazing. So when I talk, I won't be able to hear me. Well, you're hearing yourself now, right? Yes. Some people don't like that. Some people so they get, want to like have one ear open and just one whatever ear you're comfortable with. If you start to feel you. uncomfortable, you can always do this, and then you can hear more of like the room. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. Totally up to you. Uh, we're going whenever you guys are ready. Okay. We have Julie in the studio. Thank Hi. You. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited to talk to you some more. Philip's been singing your praises for a little while. Okay. To get started, I want to know. In your own words, when people ask you about your son, what do you say he does out here in L.A.? Um, it's usually quite a long list. Yeah. I'll say, well, he's a actor, singer, songwriter, screenwriter, <laughs> improv. It's, it's usually quite a long list. A lot to say, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Which is all true, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a long list. Okay, so you're up to date with all of his, uh, all of his work, um, pretty much. Some of it, I, I, he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't tell me everything he does. So some of it, I, uh, I have Google alerts for oh, his name. You, you do? do? I do. So it'll say Google alert, Philip Labis, and I'll go, oh, he just did a movie. Or, oh, he just did this. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah. That I, makes two of us that have a Google alert for my name. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. We have something in common. There you go. That's my favorite thing that happens on this podcast is when you find out things you didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. I That's very that. funny. Okay. Oh, it's so cute. Okay, how did you come up with Philip's name? Um it 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 was always Philip since before we got married. Oh. Yeah, I, I remember uh me and his dad met. I don't know if he told you we met in in Greece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I told them. And we were sitting on a beach one time and we were just talking about Baby names, yeah. like you do, yeah, <laughs> and um, like you do, and uh, yeah, it, f- Philip. It, you know, I said, well, it's going to be Philip. I, I don't even really know know why. It was just that was Aww. what it was going to be. You just always knew, you yeah, liked that name. yeah. I mean, with with our daughter, we've you know we tossed a few names around, but it was just always going to be Philip. What is her name? Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Um, was uh, isn't my name named after? Uh, your granddad? Yeah. Well, when I said, uh, yeah, when I said it's always, it's going to be Philip, then David, his dad said, oh, that was my grandfather's name, which I didn't know. Oh, when, oh that's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and then so his nice. middle name is Alan, which was my dad's name. So oh. That, yeah. 
meaningful yeah. name. Um, if he was going to be a girl, did you have a different name? No. No, I, no, no name. If I was a girl, uh, oh. nameless. Yeah, oh, very I mean, we would we would have come up with one, obviously, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't remember. I mean, maybe we tossed some names around at that point, but I, uh, I just remember saying, "Oh no, it's it's going to be Philip. That it's going really cool. to be a boy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't know, so I mean, you know, I wasn't even pregnant. We weren't even married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> You're oh, just chatting. Yeah, I love that you always knew. That's so sweet. Um, okay, what was he like as a kid? Uh, he's very precocious. Oh, what does that mean? I, I see that. Just yeah, <laughs> just kind of wise beyond his years for oh. for uh, for you know. And I'm talking two, three, four years old. Wow. Yeah, I remember once at breakfast, we were um, you were having. I, I you were sitting there, and I I don't know how old you were, maybe four, five, maybe. And I said, Philip, do you want? Cheerios this morning, and you, he goes, actually, huh? actually, I think I'm, I, and I'm looking at his dad going, actually, who, who where did actually? he learn the word actually? Yeah. yeah, and so things like that, and um, yeah, and he loved to read, so he always, mm. um, he would, and, and he would always come and ask, uh, ask about a word, what does this mean? And we would tell him, and he'd go away, and then, you know. Three days later, he would use that word in a sentence. Oh, yeah. do you remember that? I don't. I remember um, reading a lot, but I don't remember uh, asking you guys yeah, for words. Yeah, he used to come up and what does this what does this word mean? You probably read it in a book yeah. and maybe didn't know, and then you'd ask us and we'd explain, and then yeah, you I would... remember a lot of trying out words out loud that I had read, and um, later learning that I had pronounced them wrong because I had only ever read them. Yeah. Well, I did that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, for a long time, I was saying like macabre. Oh, I used, I call McBray. McBray. Yeah. Instead of macabre. But that was oh. me. That was me, not you. Oh, when you, I was you a, gave me when, that. No, when I was a kid, I said McBray, and then my dad once said, "It's stupid. It's macabre," <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay." So you did the same thing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. Mm, wow. Um. So he was always really interested in in learning. It sounds. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Pretty much. When when uh, <laughs> there was one time. You know the book uh, "Go Dog Go." No, it's it's, a, it's Dr. Seuss, but it was under another name. Um, he has three names. I, I forget which one, but anyway, one we would read it to him, and he loved it. And every night we'd have mm-hmm. to read this book, and we read it so much mm-hmm. that he knew it by heart. Mm-hmm. And we went to the local library one time. They had the little kids section, and he said, "Oh, can I sit here and read?" And we said, "Yeah." Well, we went to look around, and he's sitting reading go dog go but he knows it by heart so he's to everybody around him it looks like this little you know yeah three-year-old is reading this book and i mean in theory he was he was like you know to the tree to Uh the tree up the tree up the tree and slowly but surely like all these moms and their Uh kids like were standing around um you don't remember that? Watching no, you. Not was at he all. reading it out loud? Re- yeah, oh. out loud. Oh, because I was essentially like doing a recitative. Resusc- yeah, but they, <laughs> they were like, is he reading that book? He's, how can he read? Look how little he is. And you know, and I said, well. It was a trick. Yeah. I was tricking them. And, and then somebody <laughs> came, when they realized I was your mom, they were like, is he reading that? And I said, no. He said, he's, yes. <laughs> well, I said, he's he's memorized all the words. Um I said, well, I guess in a sense he's reading it. He looks at the words and he knows what they say. Mm-hmm. That's very so, funny. Yeah. That's sort of a trick. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you just learned, you just heard it that many times that it, you knew it. You knew yeah. the story. That's how I tricked my piano teacher, too, growing oh, up. Because really? I would just, just memorize, memorize, it. memorize it instead of uh, reading it. Yeah. And then I'd go in and I'd be like, I learned it. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just muscle memory instead yeah. of really knowing the notes. Yeah. All, Classic. Uh, all show, no substance. <laughs> I had a similar thing like growing up I would really I would be really good at like presentations instead of like the content of my presentations was not usually very advanced <laughs> at all but my poster board looked gorgeous you know yeah that's good honestly you learned learned a valuable lesson at a young I age had my own skill set you know um it's about how you do it not exactly. what you do <laughs> I don't know if I believe that now that's the big lesson to take from today's that's app. yeah that's the takeaway um Okay, so he was always very intelligent and learning. Did you have any idea, like any guesses, what he might be when he grew up? Um, I th- well, when he got to 
end of middle and high school, he became um, very entrepreneurial. Oh. Uh, yeah, he started selling. Candy. He started selling, first of all, the little um, single-wrapped Truffles. Candy truffles. They're, oh. they're like those uh, those Ghirardelli sweets or something. Yeah, they were uh, lints. The oh, lints. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know a girl named Lindsay who was named after those because her mom was pregnant and really into those. <laughs> they named her Lint. <laughs> they named her Lindsay, but it was because of those Linder balls. That's well, he yeah. He's, a, he, <laughs> I wonder how she feels about that. <laughs> she likes it. All right. <laughs> so he started selling those at twenty five cents a piece. Yeah, yeah. In high school, or mid, was it high school and middle school? How much do they cost? Uh, a I think I. S- All right, let's get into it. So, oh my god, I think each one cost twenty five cents, and I sold them for fifty cents. Wow! Something well, you like buy that. them in a bag, like for two four ninety nine for yeah, a bag. Ma- so something. maybe they were ten cents each or something, and I was selling yeah. them for twenty five cents as a young teenager. Yeah, yeah, I must have been fourteen. Uh-huh. Yeah, 13. and then and then after that, he graduated to candy bars, and he was selling them for a dollar a piece. Yep. And, and then we, another guy came into town and started selling candy bars too. And that was, um, that was yeah. a tough lesson in business I learned real early. Wow. Was, uh, unless, unless you, uh, you know, get your patents early because, yeah. uh, you know, you can't own selling something, turns out. But he, but he made enough money doing that to then go and buy uh, gumball machines. Yeah, so then I bought So then he bought, machines. he had a whole chain yeah. of gumball machines. Wait, what do you mean? Like how, how big of a gumball machine and where did you put them? He, you he, know, so like a. Uh, oh, sorry, Ma. No, he would. He would. We would drive him around to all the local businesses, and he would go in and say, "Hey, my name is Philip, and what? Uh, I, can I put my gum?" And he was this, you know, this little kid. So, can I put my gumball machine in 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 your storefront? They'd be like, "Sure." Yeah, so, really. I got I got a lot of business off the cuteness factor. It was just like, oh, he's so adorable. He's not like really doing business. But I was doing business. I still need to understand for a second. So when you're talking about putting gumball machines in storefronts, are you talking about like the personal kind of gumball machines that sit on a little table and no, or no, no. like imagine, a stand? Yeah, like, imagine like a standing um, candy machine that has three heads and one has Skittles, one has peanut M&Ms and one has gumballs. Where did for you example. get those? Craigslist. What? Oh, yeah. And, and, and we How go- many did you find on Craigslist? I think, I think at one point I had like... You had a lot. 15 out in the world, 15 or 20. When yeah. I went to college, what? I left them. I abandoned them. Uh, Who got I was the like, money? Uh, whoever broke them open. Uh, wow. I, I, was, I was done. I was like, you no, were you over got it. the money got, from I was them all. Done. No, you, did we? Yeah, I mean, you. that's how you got the money. That's how you saved the money to make that keep it cliche. That's uh, where you got the money yeah. from. Wait, wait, wait. What did you use the money for? Oh, for uh, this. Now I'm quite embarrassed by, but this little EP I made in high school, I, there was this, there was this guy in our neighborhood who had a studio in his house and he was like, I'll make your record for like $2,000. And looking back, it was like very predatory. It was like Uh, not, uh, the best, but I did end up with this little EP. I, I do not like it now. I think it's so cringy. But it was really, oh my it was God. it was a great learning experience at the time, and yeah, I funded it through those that like that step stool business that I had done uh, truffles to candy bars oh. to yeah yeah it was all candy it was a very sweet biz. I'm floored by this story. That's actually so funny and and unusual. It was weird. And you're saying it like it's nothing, but to me, I'm like, what? Like, I guess it was kind of a weird thing. No, but you you were an entrepreneur. And look, and then you funded your art with it. That is so resourceful and like amazing to me and so cute. I don't think oh I God. fully funded it. I'm pretty sure you guys funded it a little. Maybe, but you raised, you made yeah. quite a bit of money with those gumball with those machines. Gumball machines I mean, you yeah. had them all over town. That's true. And, you know, once a week we would go get in the car, we'd drive him from place to place and he'd get the keys and open them up and take out all the quarters. And- take out the quarters, put in new candy. It wow, was a, it, was, it's, it was very silly. Have you considered doing this again now? <laughs> no, older? for starters, I don't think there's a big market for. Uh, firstly, I'm not interested in doing it. <laughs> uh, but secondly, I don't think there's a big market for gumballs in Los Angeles. Then there might Where, be. You know, maybe if you put like harmless coconut water in a vending machine <laughs> or something, you could you could do that. Wow. Yeah, I enjoyed that stuff. I was a tiny little capitalist. Wow. When I asked you what you thought he was going to be when he grew up and you started talking about middle school, I thought for sure you were going to say performing because he went to a performing school. But there's this whole other side of entrepreneurship in you. 
I did a I did a, a sweet business in college too. Uh, what was that? Me and my friend Abby, uh, we we ran a business called Cookie, which was a, a warm homemade cookie delivery service. So they were did freshly you make made. Them? Yeah, Abby would make them and I would deliver them, and I ran the business siding, the the customer facing side. So like wow. the website, the order fulfillment, when all that stuff. When you were at stuff. USC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did that our senior year. It was fun. It was like a fun thing to do together. Uh, that was more, that was the better part of it than the business. But the business wasn't bad. It is. I find that um, a lot of friendships are like the best thing you can do with a friend is a project together. And like that will bond you more than just like hanging out casually a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it, it kind of f- codifies and forces you to be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. You, this is very interesting. Um, okay. So Julie, what kind of role does uh, Philip play in your family? Um, I, he's like a mediator sometimes. Yeah. Um, like when he comes home at Christmas, mm-hmm. like if we're all sitting around the table and, you know, me and his dad kind of start bickering a little bit mm-hmm. he'll be like the problem solver the mediator the this is how mom's feeling uh-huh. this is you know the, do you hear what dad's saying you yeah. know when we're just kind of going because like you do in an of argument course, you're not yeah. really listening you're waiting for them to stop talking so you can talk yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he he will kind of <laughs> remind us about yeah. what's really going on you can see both sides and yeah. sort of take it all in Oh, yes. You are very wise. Wow, yes. That's really wise what beyond my ears. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what we're learning. Okay, so as far as Philip's work, like everything that you've seen him do, performing or creating, what do you have a favorite? Um, yeah, I have a few. I think probably the first time we ever saw him perform because we had no idea. Right. We were just completely blown away when, you know, when he walked on the stage and started singing and then he was... When you did Annie, oh. you, were, you were little. Oh gosh, yeah. Who were you I in forgot Annie? about that. You were in middle school. No, elementary Before school. Me- elementary school, and I. I forgot about I that. Was, that um, place was weird. Wait, what role were you? I was. I was a rooster. Oh, I totally see that. Yeah, I, I was uh, the director of a, a preschool, and uh-huh. we had a summer camp where Philip would come. And then one year, he says, "I, I don't want to do that. Can we find something different to do this summer?" So we, you know, looked through the papers, and we found this. Uh, a camp called Actors. Uh-huh. So he I said, forgot. oh, this sounds fun. So it was at the local high school and they were there for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning they would, you know, choose a play, which they chose Annie, and then they would cast it. And he went every day for, you know, a month. And then he said, you know, come and see the show. So we said, okay. And we'd never seen him do anything. And, and uh. we sat, we were on the front row and he walked on stage and started singing um, Easy Street. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I was like, oh, this is very my cute. mouth, my mouth fell open, and he's dancing, and I'm like to his dad, I, "Did you know he could do? I didn't know he could do that. Oh Look God. at him; he looks like he was born up there, and he really did. He was just so relaxed and natural. And afterwards, people came up and said, "Oh, he was so good. How long's he been doing this? You know, yeah. I think they thought he was like one of these child." I said, four weeks." Mm-hmm. So, Aww. yeah, and uh, and the funny stuff, I don't know whether you remember this, but um, afterwards, and this is when we knew that this was the only thing you were ever going to do, I think, in, in all honesty, because after the camp was over, because there was the show, was it, and then it uh-huh. was done. Right. And um, the next morning, he was, like, lost. Uh-huh. He, do you remember the shrine? Oh, Lord, my. Now you're really embarrassing <laughs> oh, me. let's hear it. Let's try. Yeah, a you, shrine? You, I had a shrine? You made a little shrine at the side of your bed to the show you had. Uh, somebody had come up and given him a flower like yeah, you do, and, yeah. and he had he, had, he he'd pressed it. So he had this little... Oh, he had wow, this the, is embarrassing. He had the jacket that he had worn, the, the, the playbill, and oh, the script, God. and the flower, and... But we, uh, we were not a shrine. It's a memory. <laughs> yeah, he was. It's but, a memory. But you were. He was like station of all the things that to uh, shrine the memory. He, he was like, oh, but boy. he was lost. I mean, he just was like walk. We were painting the outside of the head. He was like walking around, and he, because he had loved it so much, and then it was just over. That you, you know, you were. It, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, you just didn't know Aww. what to do with yourself. 
So yeah, yeah. That's when we said, "Yeah, get he, some more of my he re- new heroin." <laughs> he, re- yeah, he really enjoyed it. Wow. Um, you said you had a few favorites. Was there uh, crazy for you? Oh, really? Was, yeah. He, Do you know that show? I, my husband was in it. He went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in high school with it. Oh, actually. that's great. Yeah. Um, if we're depending on what age he is, we may have been doing it around the same time. It would have been two thousand and five, I think. I think it pre that predates me. Okay. But it's a marvelous show. It's so fun. Such a great show. Who were you in it? I was Bobby. Nice. Yep. So was he. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was great. We oh, enjoyed. How that. old were you for that? 16, 17. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was in high school. So you tap danced and sang and yeah. did all that. Oh, it was that. such a blast. It was Gershwin music. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah, it's a great show. Doing your high school show and it's so, you know, it's such yeah. a blast. Yep. So totally. fun. That was a great show. It was. It was, it was a really, like, I, I, you know, everybody thinks their high school show is special, of totally. course. Uh, but it was special to me. It was really fun. Yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of the shows at Dreyfus and that. That was one. That was, that yeah, was that a was, favorite. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah, and then there was like you know thirty high school kids all like tapping in unison mm-hmm. and, and all those girls. Yeah, in, in the in the pink frills. The, the, the and school the, really went like all out on just you know every once in a while it's just like something. Everyone's yeah. like, let's really do this one up. Yeah, yeah, and we, yeah. We did, and yeah, they had good. a whole car on the stage so the girls could oh, go in cool. and out the door. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who was funding and you these had productions. To learn, yeah, you had to learn to tap dance. For yeah, that, I learned you didn't, to tap dance. You didn't tap dance before that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever tap again? Uh, yeah, for fun. I still got a pair of shoes in my closet. I don't. Nice. I don't. But if I ever have to, I yep, can. You can. It was very fun. I'm Aww. not great. I'm like fine. <laughs> yeah. And and then um, going back to the first little EP that he made, which mm-hmm. he doesn't. Oh, it's what was it called again? Oh, it's horrendous. What did you say it was called? Tell me the name. Uh, it's called Keep It Cliche. <laughs> okay. Which is so cliche. But there was a song on it that he wrote um, called Technicolor Woman. You remember that? Te- that wasn't on there. What? Yes, it was. No. What was that on then? That was never on. I never recorded that. That was like the first song I ever wrote. That was oh, a terrible song. So it wasn't on the, it wasn't on the album. What no. is Technicolor Woman about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was just getting started writing songs. And like I was like, oh, you can write songs where like... There's like a metaphor to the song. So like, you know, you know, if you like somebody, it's like, you know, your eyes are green and your dress is blue. So you are, you know, this Technicolor woman. Like, you know, I, I think I was about 10 when I wrote this song. It was wow. really good. It and was the, not. What about the one s- songs from the sidewalk? That was on oh, the album. that was terrible too. It wasn't. It was, it was about a, a, a woman busking on the streets of New York and from a kid who's never been to New York. Uh-huh. And, I don't know. I just thought it was, I thought the lyrics were, you know, amazing coming from such a young brain. How old were you for that one? Again, like 10 or yeah. 11. Wow. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> they got better, I think. Yeah. But those were the like, I guess because those were those the beginnings. Those were important to you because you yeah, just, you know, never, as, they were the first things. Right, right. To me, they're like so cringy. Yeah. Wow. So did you, do you have any favorites of his more recent work, um, like post-college? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like um, uh, Good Guy. What's Good Guy? Oh, that's a song. Yeah, it's a song I have on Spotify. So, okay, so you're really a, a big fan of him as a singer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good and she came and saw More Guns, just like you. I yeah. think you guys were at the same show. Yeah, what did you think of More Guns? Wait, oh, did you co-wrote More Guns, by the way? Yeah, I saw? yeah, yeah. So I didn't know that until I, I started researching you. I just thought you were in it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote the show, yeah. That's, like, incredible. Oh, yeah, so what, what did you think of oh, it? Oh, I, I loved it. I've seen it twice now. So yeah, it's good. It's so good. Yeah. You it's guys, very go, nice. Go and see it. Everyone listening, go and see it. It's playing Stay through Stay in New York, but go and see it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't move to LA, yeah. but stay and see it. Do you have a least favorite? Be honest. Of his work? Uh, of any, anything you've seen him do? Yeah, I'm not... I, me, because I'm in, from a different generation, uh-huh. so I'm not crazy about the uh, the hip-hop kind of stuff that uh. he's done. Yeah. <laughs> you do uh. hip-hop? Uh, yeah, for fun. I do, uh, I do like under a moniker, just like rap stuff. Really? Yeah, for, yeah. Okay, cool. She doesn't like it, but I like it. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I can appreciate it, but... Uh-huh, but it's just not your, it's not not your thing. thing. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, we talked about this a little bit before you got in here, but I was going to ask if you were ever a performer. Um, amateur. Yeah, in fact, that's how me and Philip's dad met. 
right. in a musical theatre group in Athens, Greece. Were you doing a particular show? Oklahoma. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who were you guys playing? Uh, I, um, I was just in the chorus. Uh-huh. David was um, one of the cowboys, I think. Mm-hmm. But I was the... Um, <laughs> she just did a little cowboy dance. Yeah, for those that can't it. see this, she did the... <laughs> little uh, cowboy dance. Um, but uh, I, w- I was the understudy for Edo Annie. Oh, and, fun. Uh, David was the understudy for Will. Oh. So we did have to at one point... Um, this is when no, they didn't have to. My mom yeah, kind of orchestrated. My mom orchestrated uh, such that uh, the, she went to the director and she was like, "Don't you think the understudy should have some rehearsals together?" Because uh-huh. she really liked my dad. Uh, this and was the day after he had told me that he had broken up with me and said, "Don't call me anymore." You know, oh. we're, we're through. Wait, so you had already kind of been dating? He broke up with you, and then you went to the director and said, "I think I need more rehearsals with him." Well, we'd never had a rehearsal. Or- <laughs> So I said, you know, you've never had a rehearsal for the understudies, and if one of the one of the main one of the main ones gets, um, you know, sick, and he said, you know what, you're right, and he said, now uh, who's playing that well? I'm like, oh, let me think. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the next day we had to sing this uh, love song Mm -hmm. in the direct in the director's house. uh, You know, with me, it's all or nothing. Yeah, song. So yeah, and then eventually you found your way yeah, back yeah. together. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, so, yeah. but that's how we met. But the funny thing is, is uh, once we got married and came to the states, we never. I don't think we ever even talked about it. It's not like we were like theater parents or mm-hmm. musical theater people. Not at all. We never right. talked about it. We never did it. So it was not really a surprise. But it, you know, that both our kids ended up. At the School of the Arts doing theater. Oh, so your sister does uh, does theater also? Yeah, she was originally studying something else in college, but she ultimately decided she wanted to study film. Yeah, wow. so she went to Prague this summer, studied film there, and then went to Cannes. Cool. Um, and she's very passionate about it. She's made a, she made a documentary uh, in New York City about um, RISE, an, or- a co- an organization or coalition to to protect women of sexual violence. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. She's she's very cool. Oh, I love that. Wow, you've got some cool kids. So, Julie, what in what ways are you and Philip the most similar? What do you guys have Oof. in common? I think we're both optimistic mm-hmm. about things. We tend to see the glass the glass yeah, half, half full. full. Mm-hmm. Um and we you know, we tr- I think we both kind of try to be all, but also be realistic mm-hmm. and pragmatic mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. But um, but different. Yeah, I don't know. We're a lot alike. I think. What's that game where you get your you get asked a bunch of questions about somebody, and then the other person comes in, and you have to see if the answers were the same? I feel like we. I think that's the newlywed game. <laughs> yeah, the newlywed game. I feel like we were just playing the yeah. newlywed game, and we won. Yeah, because we. Yeah, that's I had exactly the exact what he said. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, that I said they were both optimistic but pragmatic. Oh, yeah. wow. Like, literally, those were the words I used. That's very That's funny. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you win. We you won. win the podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's so Me, funny. My mom. Uh, um, okay. Is there something in particular that you really admire about Philip? Um, I Tenacity. Mm. His tenacity and his... Um, Willingness to put himself out there, yeah, you know, despite obstacles and to keep going, yeah. you know, despite obstacles that keep popping up, you know, he's he's doing what he loves, yeah. and you know, sticking with it, which isn't always easy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I and admire that's very that too. Sweet. Is there a something that you guys really share or connect about, like a topic or a subject or? Uh... Um. Well, when you used to live at home. We used to like to watch certain TV shows. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a big deal. Which ones? Uh, Chuck. Oh. Loved yeah. Chuck. Yeah, we would all. Big Chuck Monday, fans. I think it was Monday night. We were, you know, not his dad, but me and Rachel and Philip would all, it's Chuck time. You know, oh. London. And uh, I think the West Wing West too. West Wing. We Come on. I was waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. 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 We used to watch that together. We saw every episode. Oh. I think I, we watched every episode I've together. Seen it at least five times, the whole series. It's so yeah. good. I, Very good. I still so watch it sometimes good. as comfort food. If I like, yeah, I saw that on your TV. I thought, oh, he's watching. Yeah, when she's visiting me, she can see all what I've been watching. Yeah, I love it. Okay, do you have? Can you think of a moment that you've been really proud of him in his life? How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> okay, proudest. 
no, I like no. There's no. I don't one. think there's. Uh, although I have to say, when he when he was, um, I remember feeling particular particularly proud when um, when he was young that he wanted to do something. He used to juggle. I don't know whether he's told you he's. <laughs> Juggle and ride a unicycle. What oh lord! The heck? I'm trying to put my past behind me, mom. <laughs> I'm like my trying nerdy, to paint a picture. Nerdy, nerdy past. Yeah, but when you when wow. you decided, you know, you wanted to do that down in Clematis, yeah. and you made that happen. I, I thought that was awesome. You know, you went, you contacted the people, you said, you know, I want to come down here and perform, and you know, they said okay. And it's and, amazing what you can get done if you just oh, call people and ask. Yeah, and he, he had a whole. Where did you want to show? perform? Where uh, is Clematis it? was like the downtown. It was like the Santa Monica Pier of West Palm. Oh, and so you're like, I want to do this like street performer thing. Yeah, I did that in like early, early, like late middle school, early high school. Yeah. God, I was way too young to be out there juggling fire, but I did fire. It. Yeah. On a unicycle. Wow, and that's your proudest moment. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, no, I, that no. is so funny of all the things, Ma. <laughs> No, I'm on HBO. <laughs> Come on. No, but I mean, not the unicycle. Not the not the skill of not the skill of doing it. I mean, that was pretty cool that you taught yourself to do all that stuff. But just the fact that you decided, I'm going to do this. You know, like like you've done with a lot of stuff. But you were young to say, I'm yeah. you know, I'm I want to go out there and I'm going to make some money oh, performing. Love and, it. Yeah, that is. I thought incredible. that was awesome. I, you know, I said to his dad, he's it's he's just unstoppable um okay we have to wrap it up but i have one last question that i like to ask is um what are your hopes and wishes for philip's future well i hope he's gonna take me to the oscars <laughs> as his guest uh, man that's a that's a big order ma it's a tall order i'll no, try i though. just i just want him to do i just want him to if he can make a you know make a life make a living doing what he loves you know what else can you want for your kids yeah Seriously. I mean, that's it. If you can do that, I think that's awesome. Love that. That's very sweet. This is uh, such a sweet podcast. Uh, thank, you. thank you for Aww. having us. This is so sweet. It is. It's so nice. It is uh, completely overwhelming to be talked about in such a positive way for <laughs> almost an hour. Um, it's uh, emotionally uh, intense and exhausting well. uh, and uh, does not feel deserved, uh, but is still very, very sweet. So thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, Ma. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, okay, last thing, Philip. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, yes, of course. Um, love a plug. <laughs> uh, you guys can check out my brand new podcast, The Musical Version, uh, on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, or whatever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Every, uh, every week we improvise the musical version of a beloved film or popular film. So our first episode is out, When Harry Met Sally, oh. and Toy Story is coming out next week. Um, so cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's a, it's a, it's super fun and funny. And, uh, I would encourage anybody who likes musicals to check it out. Um, and then you can come check out, uh, more guns at second city Hollywood every eight, every Saturday night at eight thirty PM and anything else about me, you can find, uh, online if you just Google Philip Labus. And what's your Instagram handle? Uh, at Philip Labus. Okay. Keep it simple. Okay, great. You guys, thank you so much. This is so fun. Thank, thank you. you so, so much. You're very, welcome. very sweet. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe if you haven't already. You can also leave a comment if you feel so inclined. On Instagram, we are at meetmymompod for all kinds of mom content. And you can feel free to DM me there if there's a comedian you want me to interview. Or if you have any questions about this episode or future episodes. Meet My Mom is recorded at the Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles. Our sound engineer is Anosh McAdam. Logo photography is by Cedric Terrell. Album art is by Emily Macon. Our theme song is written and performed by the hilarious Jude Pearl all the way in Australia. Check her out. Special thanks to my husband, Derek Carley, for helping me with this entire thing. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Ms. Jenna Carley. That's M-S-J-E-N-N-A-C-A-R-L-E-Y. Thanks, guys. Until next time.